going to commence our worship of the Lord this morning by turning to the words of the Psalm 100. Uh, the Psalm 100. All people that on earth do dwell sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with mirth, his praise foretell. Come ye before him and rejoice. The Psalm 100 found at the back of the hymnal, that section of Psalms. We'll stand as we worship the Lord uh, together, please. seated. Going to turn in the Word of God to the Psalm 104, uh, the Psalm 104. (coughs) 
psalm that sets forth to us God's wisdom, God's providence, and God's sustaining power in this world. And as we come to this weekend, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, we are thankful for the Lord, uh, for all that He has done for us, uh, for His blessings, for His provision. Uh, we look out into this world, and we are thankful uh, for the harvest and how the Lord provides. And we see that here in this psalm this morning. In the Psalm 104, we'll read from verse number 8. And the Word of God says, They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the valleys, which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth and wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine, and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his precious and infallible and inerrant truth this morning. Let us unite together in prayer. Let us seek our God and rejoice, and let us be thankful for all of his goodness toward us. Let us pray. Our eternal God and our Father in heaven, we rejoice today that we can come before Thee. We can lift our voices in thankfulness to Thee, our God. And Father, we rejoice in all that Thou hast done for us. We thank Thee that on this weekend we can specifically remember all Thy blessings and Thy provision. We rejoice. Father, in the continued provision of a harvest and sustenance for us, and we thank Thee, O God, that we can look at Thy mercies that are new every day, Thy compassions that fail not, and we rejoice, and like Jeremiah, we cry out, Great is Thy faithfulness. And Father, may we rejoice today in the faithfulness of our God, and we thank Thee that when we were dead in trespasses and sins, uh, that thou, O God, uh, thou wert faithful toward thy people in redeeming us and sending thy Son to be the Savior of thy people. We rejoice, Father, in the great provisions in life that thou hast made for us, the common grace uh, that is extended to all men, and that special grace that we enjoy as the people of God, may we be ever thankful for all of thy mercies and thy graces toward us. And Father, as we gather today in thy house, uh, we pray that as we think upon this great theme of thanksgiving and the faithfulness of our God, that thou would bless us. 
Thou would have that word in season for our hearts, that we may love thee more, and that we would rejoice in the God of our salvation. And we do rejoice, Father, we can gather here as thy people. We pray thou would meet our needs, and that thou would be pleased to comfort us and help us and strengthen us. We do remember those in our congregation, Father, who need thy strength and thy help. And we do remember our brother Vern. Uh, we pray that thy hand would continue to be upon him. Uh, we pray, Father, that uh, both him and Curry would know the nearness and the care of his God. We do remember Father Debbie as well and her needs. Do you remember Clayton Snow? Uh, Father, others as well who need thee and need thy grace, that all-sufficient grace uh, that is able to strengthen us. Father, we do remember the great need of salvation. We think of those outside of the kingdom of God and uh, those loved ones who know not the Savior. Uh, Father, we pray for our families that uh, there would know household salvation and that those who reject the way of the gospel uh, would be brought to Christ by the power of thy spirit. They would believe on him, that they would see uh, that he is indeed the only saver of sinners. We pray for our families here, the families of this congregation, that thou would uh, unite them in love to Christ. Thou would see that thou would redeem, that, that they would grow and edify as we consider this morning in the adult Sunday school about one of our purposes as a denomination being the edification of ourselves in the things of God. Father, build us all up in faith. Build us all up, uh, we pray, in the way of righteousness, that we would be living epistles, known and read of all men, testifying of our great love uh, to the one who is our Savior and our Redeemer. Father, give us opportunities as thy church uh, to witness for thee and to hold the banner of the gospel high uh, that those who are dead in sins in this community uh, would know something of Christ and know uh, the gospel message. Father, move in this area, we pray. Uh, give us that burden to reach out with thy word and that uh, precious souls would turn from sin and look unto Christ. Our Father, we do remember our sister congregations and we think of our presbytery. We rejoice in the blessed unity and the love amongst the brethren this past week as we gathered together in Winston-Salem. And we rejoice in thy word that was preached. We rejoice in that sweet fellowship and that bond. And uh, we do pray that uh, thou would uh, bless our denomination, bless its elders, its pastors, its members, its churches, as they seek to strive and to live for the Savior. We do remember the work of God there in Grace Free Presbyterian, there in Winston-Salem. We rejoice in their anniversary that was remembered this past week, 35 years of that witness in that particular city. And we pray that uh, thou would be pleased to continue to bless that work for the furtherance of the gospel of Christ. Uh, Father, we uh, pray this for all of our congregations, that thou would build thy church to the gates of hell and would not prevail against them. Uh, Father, build us here 
Uh, we pray that we would be a people who love thee, who love each other because we love thee. People who desire to grow in the way of the Lord because we love thee. And we pray that thou would grant us thy spirit. Thou would teach us and instruct us. Father, we remember the radio ministry as well. And bless that word as it goes forth. And may it not return unto thee void, but may it accomplish thy purpose. Father, forgive us for our sins. Oh, how we can fall into sin day by day. Father, how we can neglect thee, and neglect prayer, and neglect thy word. But we pray that thou would convict us of these things, and forgive us for these things, and enable us uh, to love the means of grace, to love fellowship and communion with thee, that we uh, would turn from sin, that we would live for our Savior. Father, we thank thee for thy blessings. We thank thee for thy goodness. We pray that thou would be with us today as we worship thee. And to our hearts, good, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Going to turn to the hymn 342. 342. Uh, it is in the bulletin, and it is wrong in the bulletin. It's 392 in the bulletin, and it's 342. Uh, that is the one uh, that we are singing. And uh, I'm not, I made the mistake in uh, reading the number and putting the wrong number in. And so we apologize for that. Uh, but 342, it's a great hymn uh, by Robert Murray McShane of Scotland. When this passing world is done, when is sunk on radiant sun, when I stand with Christ on high, looking o'er life's history. And notice this last line, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. We are thankful this weekend for many of the temporal blessings uh, that God has bestowed upon us. Uh, but let us remember the spiritual blessings and his uh, so great salvation. 342 will stand as we sing.
may be seated. We're turning in the Word of God this morning to Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3. And uh, Lamentations is a short book uh, found between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And it's, uh, we could say, sandwiched on either side by uh, those uh, two larger books, uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and then Ezekiel. We're turning to chapter 3 of Lamentations. And we'll commence reading at verse 1. Lamentations of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet uh, wrote uh, these words. Chapter 3, verse 1. I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with human stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a burr lying in wait, and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions feel not, and they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his precious word to us this morning. Amen. At this point in our service, can we extend a word of welcome to each one gathered together? And we trust the Lord's blessing to be upon us as we worship. We do welcome those who are watching online, and we trust that you would know 
uh, the presence of the Lord as you listen in to our service uh, today. Do you remember the announcements for the incoming week? At 1.45 today, we have our service at Langley Lodge, Kerhome, and uh, those who uh, can come and help, uh, we meet there a little before 1.45 uh, to get set up and ready to meet some of the residents. And due to the new BC Health uh, guidelines or rules regarding uh, care homes and medical facilities, uh, we will be required uh, to remove or to wear a mask uh, when uh, we are there with the residents. They don't have to wear masks, uh, but the rule is that we do. And uh, so uh, do bear that in mind. Uh, they have uh, granted an exception uh, for the person leading at the front. Uh, there's going to be a little distance between the front and uh, the residents. And so I will not have to wear a mask while I preach today. We're thankful for that. Uh, but it is a requirement uh, for those who are sitting and uh, spending time with the residents. 5.30, we have our permitting in the basement. And 6 p.m., our evening worship service. And so do come along and do spend the time in the house of the Lord as we worship him together. Wednesday, we have our prayer meeting and Bible study in the basement, 7.30 p.m. Uh, do remember that. It's on Zoom as well for those who can't be there in person. And then next Lord's Day, the Sunday school for children and then adults is at 9.30 a.m. The morning worship at 10.30 uh, prayer meeting at 5.30, evening worship at 6. So do remember uh, the services there in uh, the will of God. Uh, the next session and board meeting uh, will be on Monday the 16th of October. Uh, so uh, those brethren who are on uh, the session, the board, do uh, remember uh, that meeting. The baptism and membership course continues every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Uh, the notes are available if you're interested in reading those notes and the various uh, messages are online on our sermon audio page as well. And if you are interested in baptism or membership, uh, then please uh, speak uh, to me and we can have a discussion with you about that. The Free Presbyterian International Congress, a week of meetings, uh, bringing our two denominations in Ulster and America together, or North America together, will be July the 1st to the 5th uh, next year, 2024, held in Northern Ireland. And if you are interested in traveling to this event, uh, then please contact myself for further details uh, before the end of October. Uh, the uh, Brethren in the Presby are looking to know how many from our congregations are willing to attend, and they're looking some figures as they uh, liaise with the Northern Ireland uh, men regarding this. Uh, there is a hotel that has been reserved and with flights, and with the hotel itself, the estimated cost per person is two and a half thousand US dollars. That is, that is expensive. Uh, we understand that. Um, you know, it depends on flights, and uh, there may be those who may travel themselves, etc. Uh, but that is the estimated cost of the hotel uh, that they have reserved and the flights. And so, do uh, remember that. If you are able to go, it would be good. Uh, but we do understand there is a high cost there. But if you are going and willing to consider it, then please. Uh, let me know. We had a good time at the Presbytery meetings this week in Winston-Salem. Uh, we spent time there for the 35th anniversary of the church as well and had an enjoyable dinner and fellowship uh, with the congregation. And our Presbytery made uh, the decision uh, that next year uh, we here in Cloverdale will be hosting the Presbytery Week of Prayer 
and presbytery meetings uh, from October the 7th uh, to October the 11th, God willing. Uh, so it is a year away, uh, but do remember that, and uh, we can pray for that uh, during uh, the year, and uh, we will be making arrangements for that uh, closer to uh, the date. We may need some help with different things as well. Uh, so do remember that and do uh, pray for that as we have the opportunity uh, to host the brethren and to fellowship with the members of uh, the presbytery. Creation BC, our holding meetings uh, this coming week, uh, Thursday the 12th, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th. Uh, the speaker is Spike, Spike Asaris. Uh, he was an engineer in the U.S. military space program. He's an expert on astronomy, and he's coming to speak on different topics uh, related to astronomy, related to space, the Big Bang creation, etc. And uh, the details are in an email I sent to the congregation yesterday. If you didn't get that email, you would like it. Do speak to me. And there are, uh, there are information uh, leaflets on the table in the hall. And if you are interested, uh, the subjects and the location... Uh, for each meeting. Each meeting is in a different location. That will be on uh, the notice. It's not in our bulletin, uh, but the bulletin draws attention to the notice of the email where that information is found. Uh, so do bear that in mind, and uh, if you are able to go, then do go along and support uh, those meetings. These are all the announcements. They're subject uh, to the will of God, and we're going to turn on our hymnals to hymn number five. Uh, the hymn number five Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done. We'll remain seated while our tithes for the Lord's work are received. Heavenly God and Father, we come before thee on this 
beautiful Sunday morning, and we marvel, Lord, at thy mercies to us, supplying all our needs. We thank thee, Lord, for the bounty that we enjoy that comes from thy hand over this past month, this past year, of you've supplied all our needs. We thank thee, Lord, and we ask that it would continue, that we would know your blessing, that we would know your blessing in this building as well. We pray that you'd bring people in, that you'd bring souls in, that they may hear the good news. Take our tithes, take our offerings. We ask that you would use them and bless them, that the gospel may go forth, that it may touch hearts, that people would hear the word and know the truth. And we ask that you'd minister to our own hearts this morning as well. As we open your word, give our pastor the words to speak. We ask that you would bless that word, help him to preach with power. And we ask that you would help us to take it in. Help us to worship thee. We thank thee, Lord, for the hymns, the praises that we may give unto thee. Bless us this day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll stand to sing verse number three. The final verse standing, please. seated. Turning, we're turning again in the Word of God, Lamentations chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, and we'll read again the verse 22 down to verse 25. Lamentations 3, 20, verse 22 and the word of God says, It is off the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. And they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. And therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Amen. And may the Lord bless uh, the reading of his precious word this morning. And let us unite together in prayer. Let us uh, seek the Lord, please. Our eternal God and Father in heaven, and we thank thee we can come today with our minds upon the significance of this weekend and this holiday in the calendar of Canada. Uh, but yet, Father, we come with the significance of this time as well, looking to Thee and rejoicing with great thankfulness to Thee for all our blessings, 
come from thee. And Father, we pray that today we would acknowledge that everything we have comes from thee, our God. Father, may we be thankful for this and rejoice in this. And as we turn to thy word now, we pray that thou would encourage us. We think of Jeremiah who was trodden down, who was discouraged, but yet how his heart lifted when he thought on these very truths we will consider today. Father, do the same for us. If our hearts are discouraged, if we are downcast, we pray that through thy word today thou would lift us up, that we would rejoice in thee, and that we would cry out with Jeremiah, Great is thy faithfulness. Father, we pray that those who are outside of Christ, they would cry this out too. Great is thy faithfulness because they have turned and trusted in Christ as their Savior. Father, unite us today in a love for Christ. Unite us today in that desire to follow Christ. Unite us today in a blessed and glorious thankfulness to Thee for all that Thou hast done for us. Give help, we pray. And to our soul's good, we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. The practice of a day that is denoted for thanksgiving is found in North America and in other places. And this day, as we know, calls for the thanksgiving of the blessings of the harvest and of the preceding year. While it is seen as a secular holiday and an official holiday by the government, Thanksgiving has its roots in the Christian faith. There's not a specific occasion in uh, the Scripture that states that we must have and that we must practice as the Lord's people and as the Lord's church a day of thanksgiving in the sense that we have here in this nation. Uh, but rather, uh, it is a day that is set aside for thanksgiving in light of biblical principles that point us to give thanks unto the Lord for all things, including his harvest, because he is the one who giveth the rain. He is the one that in his common grace causes the seed to grow and to bring forth fruit for us. And therefore it is appropriate and it is right as the Lord's children to specifically remind ourselves of his provision for us. In the United Kingdom, many uh, churches would have harvest Thanksgiving services. It is not a national holiday. I enjoy the Canadian Thanksgiving because uh, there was a day off from delivering the mail in past days, past years. Uh, but in the United Kingdom, we didn't have that. Uh, but we still, in the house of God, remembered the goodness and the provision of our God. And what is Thanksgiving? Thomas Brooks, and I put some of these quotations in our bulletin. Thomas Brooks said that thanksgiving is a self-denying grace. It is an uncrowning of ourselves and the creatures to set their crown upon the head of our Creator. It is the making ourselves a footstool uh, that Christ may be lifted up upon his throne and ride in holy triumph over all. 
Do we desire that today, that as we come and give thanks, and give thanks for all the things in our lives, that we would uncrown ourselves? Lord, it is not me that has accomplished this. It is not my strength that has provided for me, but it is Thee. Do we desire to take that crown off ourselves and to place it, as it were, upon the head of our Creator, rejoicing in what He has done for us? In our own nation here of Canada, we remember how on January the 31st, 1957, so I'm told, the Governor General, Vincent Macy, issued a proclamation about this very holiday. And he said, A day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. A day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed. That original proclamation brings us right into our duty to thank God for his sustaining power to us. Beloved congregation, are you thankful today? Are you thankful for what the Lord has done for you? Are you thankful for his salvation, and for his blessings, and what he has bestowed upon you? What are you thankful for, and who is your thanks directed to? Richard Baxter, the Puritan, again on the bulletin, an unthankful person is but a devourer of mercies, and a grieve to bury them in. And one that hath not the wit and honesty to know and acknowledge the hand that giveth them. Maybe not be unthankful today, but may a recollection of our blessings and a recollection of what we enjoy point us to our Heavenly Father who is faithful toward us. Can you be thankful today for his salvation, for his redemption, for his deliverance? Our God is a great God. He is worthy to be praised for all his wondrous works. And he is faithful to his people. This is what Jeremiah is speaking about in our text. The faithfulness of his God. It is a great faithfulness. Jeremiah had a difficult and a hard work for the Lord as a prophet in a sinful and wicked land. But what did he do? He rejoiced in the faithfulness of his God. And beloved believer, we live in a wicked and a corrupt and a perverse nation. Yet can we not rejoice in the faithfulness of our God? In his grace that is sufficient? I want you to understand some of the context here in Lamentations chapter 3. The book of Lamentations is perhaps not one of the easiest or simplest books to understand. But we see in verses 1 through to 21 that Jeremiah is the suffering servant. Why did he suffer? Well, we see that in Jeremiah chapter 1. We won't turn to it, but he was called to stand for the Lord. He was called to live for the Lord. We will actually turn to it at Jeremiah chapter 1. And we have his call in some of these verses at the start of Jeremiah 1. But then uh, we have the Lord speaking to Jeremiah at the end of this chapter. Verse 18, For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, and an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against all, against the people of the land. And what is going to happen if a man of God stands against a sinful nation? If a man preaches the truth and points out the sin of the people, what is going to happen? Well, we see that. Verse 19, And they shall fight against thee. 
but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. And so Jeremiah had his struggles. He had his hardships. He had his sufferings. This nation was unwilling to receive the truth of God. And so the servant of the Lord who preached the truth of God suffered. And he is being treated in content by, with contempt by his people. And in this Jeremiah is a picture of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who was treated with contempt. The one who suffered greatly for our redemption. And in verse 21 he says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. There's a turning point here. He's looking at himself and his sufferings and his hardship. And then he turns it around. And he remembers the Lord's blessings and the Lord's goodness. And this is now the glorious high point. A place of rejoicing and comfort. His attention is taken from the hardships. And it's focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear believer, here is the help in your affliction. And in your difficult times and in your hardship. To remind yourself of the Lord. Of who he is. Of his blessings. Of his power. Of his grace. Of his mercies. Of his faithfulness. Of his love. Turn your focus upon the Lord. Turn your focus upon him who is in control of all of these things. And as Jeremiah looks to the Lord, he is reminded of the glorious faithfulness of his God. And that's what we're going to consider this morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And firstly, I want you to see that God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness in unfailing compassions to those who should be consumed. God's faithfulness in unfailing compassions to those who should be consumed. In verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And our thought is here, the Lord's mercies and the Lord's compassions. And despite how bad it is for Jeremiah, he acknowledges it is of the Lord's mercy that things are not worse, that we are not consumed. Matthew Henry reminded us here that the streams of mercy are acknowledged. He said the church of God is like the bush of Moses, burning but not consumed. That's why as Presbyterians, free Presbyterians, we have that symbol of the burning bush. The bush of Moses that was burning but it was not consumed. If you went out and set fire to the bushes and trees around this church... But we know what's going to happen. They're going to burn and they're going to be consumed. And lots of things are probably going to be consumed uh, before that fire is finished. We know here in this province how dangerous fires can be and what a threat they are. But when we think of that burning bush, the bush of Moses, it was on fire. And the miraculous supernatural thing was that while it was burning, it was not being consumed. Its shape was there. Its color was there. That fire was not destroying that bush. And the reminder is, and as Presbyterians we remind ourselves of this, the reminder is, as Matthew Henry says, the church is like that bush. It burns. And Satan desires to burn it. 
And Satan desires to bring trouble after trouble and hardship after difficulty and suffering all upon the church of Christ. And it is burning. But because of the faithfulness of God, it is not consumed. Because his compassions feel not. It is persecuted, but it is not consumed. It is corrected, but it is not consumed. It is refined, but it is not consumed. And let us be encouraged by that. That whether we are referring to the church or referring to ourselves, the Lord's hand is upon us. There's a thought here regarding the sin of mankind. We should be consumed because of the greatness of our sin and the vileness of our sin. That is the reason there is wrath. Because we are sinners. God deals with those and judges those who disobey him. Those who follow after unrighteousness and live for sin. God is holy and just. And sinners will be consumed. They will face eternal judgment for their sin. And we're reminded of that through the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. The tares were separated, Matthew 13, and cast into the fire. They were consumed. And we need to understand then that man should be consumed because of his sin and his wickedness in the sight of God. We should all be consumed. But yet the Lord is faithful. Is the Lord not merciful? loving and gracious to us? Have you experienced that grace, that mercy, that compassion of the Lord in saving you? We who deserve his wrath, we deserve his judgment, but yet we're here today meeting to worship him because he's redeemed us and saved us. Have you experienced that mercy of the Lord in salvation? And that is something to be thankful for. As we reflect upon what God has done for us, the greatest thing he has done for us is that he sent his son to be our savior. Let us rejoice in that and let us be thankful for that. Coming back to the hardships of Jeremiah, the Lord is in control of his hardships and according to his sovereign will, Jeremiah faced that hardship. And we must acknowledge the sovereignty of God as his people. We see that in Acts 4. We've mentioned that before. How Peter and John were instructed, don't preach in the name of Christ. They went to the church. They prayed Psalm 2 that reminded the church, God is in control. The enemy is coming. And the enemy is seeking to burn the church and to destroy the church. But God is in control. And let us pray that we would have boldness and confidence in preaching this message. Let us not give up. Let us keep praying. Then we have 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10. Paul suffered, and he suffered greatly with his thorn in the flesh. But what did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for thee. And those examples show us hardship that has been ordained by God and help given by God in his mercy and in his compassions. And this is an important thought. As the church of Christ and believers, we are not immune to the hardships of life. The Lord brings trials into our lives for many reasons. When I slipped on ice at the end of March, I thought I was putting my foot on snow, but there was a thin layer of snow, there was ice underneath, my ankle went in, with all sorts of cracks and pain, and I couldn't walk properly for quite a while. 
But as I put my foot on that ice, well, because I'm a Christian, nothing's going to happen. Because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to fall. Because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to experience this pain. Because I'm a Christian, there's some kind of super strength I have that will prevent this injury. No. No, God gave grace and God gave help. God gave help in worship, standing and preaching in agony. Sitting, listening to preaching in agony. I remember driving here Easter this year to preach. Very uncomfortable and in a lot of pain. But God gave grace. But I was not immune to that. And dear believer, we can suffer. We can suffer far greater than a hurt ankle. We can be into the depths of despair because of circumstances, health-related, the circumstances of life, financial issues, family issues. All these things can bear down hard upon us. We are not immune as God's people. We are not immune. But we have a heavenly Father who is faithful, who brings us into trials, who ordains our trials, who helps us. He brings us into trials for many reasons, often to teach us to rely solely upon him, to focus upon him, to trust him more, to trust him more. But he gives that help. He is faithful. He gives that sufficient grace to help us and to strengthen us. And when we feel the trials are going to consume, they will not, for the Lord is merciful and compassionate. And Jeremiah here, what does he do? Verse 22, what does he do? He immerses himself in the doctrine of God, in the teaching and theology about God, we could say, namely the goodness of God. He's discouraged, he's trodden down. What does he do? He focuses upon God and his mercy and his grace that all comes under the goodness of God. The love of God is part of his goodness toward us. The psalmist said, Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Psalm 40, Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord, in thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. The scripture tells us time and time again of the love of our God, of the kindness of our God, of the compassion of our God. He is a God who loves his people. Dear believer, he's a God who loves you, who sent his son to redeem you from your sin. And these compassions and these mercies are new every morning. Think of that. New every morning. Sometimes when it's time to wake up, we may feel that we've never slept. We may grumble and groan that we need more sleep, that there's another day and we have to get up and do the work of the day. It's often the case, perhaps, when we wake up. But let us remember the fresh blessings. And the fresh mercies of the Lord. The Lord has been gracious to us. There's another day to serve him. Another day to witness for him. Another day to glorify him. And to be thankful for all that he has done for us. Do you thank the Lord every day for his faithfulness and fresh mercies. And fresh blessings. Did you wake this morning and rejoice 
that today is the Sabbath. Today is the day we come to the house of God. Today is the day we fellowship with the Lord's people. Today is the day we meet and hear the word of God and we worship him and rejoice in him for all his goodness. Do we thank the Lord for that mercy and for that privilege? Do we in this Thanksgiving weekend thank the Lord we can come to his house to rejoice and thank and praise him? Though our times are tough, Perhaps, though there are difficulties, let us praise the Lord for his grace and for his blessings in spite of everything. Spurgeon tells the story, a touching little story of a poor woman with two children who had not a bed for them to lie upon and scarcely any clothes to cover them. In the depth of winter, they were nearly frozen. And the mother took the door of a cellar off the hinges she set it up in the corner and her and her children sat behind that door. And it helped to protect them from the draft and the cold that was coming into the place that they were. And the mother complained of how badly off they were. And one of the children whispered and said, Mother, what do those little children do who have no cellar door to put up in front of them? And Spurgeon said, even there you see that the little heart found cause to be thankful. Despite the circumstances, despite the cold and the difficulty. We know what it's like to be cold in Canada. Maybe not so much here, uh, but this can be a cold country at times. We wouldn't like to be sitting out in it with no shelter, with no protection. But this little heart, he said, found cause for thankfulness. And he said, if we are driven to our worst extremity, may we still honor God by thanking him that his compassions fail not, but anew every morning. Thanking God for those mercies, for those graces. Yes, through the difficult times. But let us see the hand of our faithful God. Dear believer, here's a text that we can use to draw us to the Lord, to immerse ourselves in the reality of his mercy and compassion, his faithfulness. And may it lift us up. These compassions, Jeremiah says, they feel not. The Lord is not going to run out of compassion. He's not going to run out of love. He's not going to run out of mercy for you. They feel not. A constant stream. A constant stream of God's compassions for us, his people. Is that not something to be thankful for, to look for? That in the difficult times of life, may we look to the Lord and may we endeavor to see his compassions. We think of Matthew 9 and how the Lord Jesus looked upon the multitude. They had no shepherd. Spiritually, they were suffering. And what did he have? It says his heart was moved with compassion. And there's a lesson for us in the Lord's unfailing compassions. What about our compassion? Our compassion cannot be unfailing as the compassion of the Lord, but is, is it a great and a deep compassion? A great and a deep compassion. Do we look at the Lord's mercies toward us? Are we ever thankful and desirous to show the same mercy to others? And think of that in the trials of life. The Lord has helped you through difficult times 
What about someone who's experiencing exactly the same? Should they be ignored? Should they be encouraged? Draw alongside. Help them. Be compassionate toward them because the Lord was compassionate to you. What if the sinner, the Lord, was merciful and compassionate toward you? And where is that same love and compassion from you to others who are lost? We can learn from the Lord's compassion. We cannot have the pure, perfect compassion of Christ. But let us desire to have more love and more mercy and more compassion than we do. That we can rejoice that every day the Lord blesses us with more compassion for others. Secondly, here I want you to see that God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness and unlimited sustenance for his people. God's faithfulness and unlimited sustenance for his people. I want you to notice the verse 24. Jeremiah says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. And Jeremiah's hope is in the Lord. That's the application of the truth that he states. So because of this truth, he's hoping, his trust, his confidence is in God. And what is that truth? The Lord is my portion. And it's not in Jeremiah's head. It's in his soul. He believes this. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is everything I need. He supplies my needs. Therefore, because he does that, my hope and my confidence in all things is in him. What wonderful words they are. They are. Where is your soul today in its relationship with the Lord? Is it close to the Lord? Is it a soul that is completely depending upon God? For that is what we have here. Completely depending upon the Lord. Oh, if we completely depend upon the Lord, we will rejoice in the surety of our salvation. We'll not have doubts or fears about the certainty of salvation because our dependence is upon the Lord for salvation in life and in the difficult times. We'll depend upon him. We think of Noah's ark. God gave that plan to Noah to build an ark. God was there. God was protecting him. It was nowhere on that ship and the storms around him and the waters around him. Was he worrying in case the design was flawed that something might rip open and sink that ship? That perhaps the structure in a particular place was weak? as sometimes the ships built by men can be, and a wave of intense force would destroy the ship? No. His confidence, his faith was in the Lord. He depended upon him. The Lord was his portion. The Lord was his portion. And there's a great truth here. The Lord is my portion. He is the help. He is that present portion. Here's that portion that we can possess and that portion that helps us day by day in life. He is a present help, the psalmist said, in trouble. A present portion. Isaiah spoke of the waters and how the Lord it would be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Why? The Lord was his portion. The Lord was his help. A present relief, support, and comfort to his people. Do we know that? Do we experience that? Do you believe her? 
the Lord's faithfulness to us is great because he is our portion. That unlimited sustenance, that unlimited supply of all his grace and goodness toward us. It is a great portion. A great portion. It is an all-sufficient portion. It is all that we need. The Lord's grace is sufficient. The Lord's portion is sufficient. The Lord, in what he does for us in supplying our needs, in his power and ability to, to supply our needs, it's all that we need, all sufficient. Dear believer, thank the Lord today for his great faithfulness in a portion that is all sufficient. Oh, if we struggle in the circumstances of life, let us remember the Lord gives a portion to us that is enough, that is sufficient. It is an absolute and necessary portion as well. The portions of this world are not necessary. The things of this world can never meet our needs. But the Lord's portion is necessary. It's necessary for salvation and for the soul. We cannot save ourselves with portions of this world supplying our needs. But the portion of the Lord redeems us and saves us. When the Puritan said, if God be not my portion, my soul can never enjoy communion with him. If God be not my portion, my soul can never be saved by him. Oh, that God would be your portion. If you know not him as your savior, that he would be your portion and your strength and all that you need to know redemption, to know salvation. It's a pure portion. It's an unmixed portion. God's portion is not a portion that has been mixed with this world. It's a sweet portion. It's a perfect portion. It's a glorious and blessed portion because God is glorious and God blesses his people. It's a portion peculiar for his people. It's a portion that is secure. It's a portion that we cannot be robbed of because God gives it to us. It belongs to him. It's a portion that is incomprehensible. We cannot fully understand God or what all he does for us. But we know who he is. And we know he helps us. And we know he is our portion. What is your portion today? Are you resting upon the Lord? Having that unlimited sustenance from him. Seeing his faithfulness in meeting your needs. And then thirdly and finally. God's faithfulness to undistracted believers. Who wait upon him. God's faithfulness to undistracted believers. Who wait upon him. Notice verse number 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. So there's a, there is here then an action by us. We're to wait for the Lord. And our souls are to seek him. Isaiah 40 reminds us that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. And we are to wait upon the Lord and there is a patience needed. The Lord moves and works according to his divine will and not ours. His ways are not our ways. 
We're to wait upon him. There's to be patience. It implies a closeness to him. Reading his word, prayer, not neglecting him, nor the means of grace. And so the thought here is simple. His faithfulness is great to those who wait upon him, who are not distracted by the world, by the activities of the people of this world. How often that happens. This world distracts us from the Lord. This world distracts us from the house of God and from the means of grace and from prayer and the word of God. It distracts us from those spiritual activities that we have to engage in. And we are not, as God's people, to be distracted by these things. We're to be focused upon him. Because he is one who satisfies us with his portion. Oh, if we were relying upon the world and not focusing on Christ and not waiting upon the Lord, how would we deal with the trials and the problems that come our way? Or we're to have our eyes fixed upon him alone. Don't be distracted to your need of Christ day by day. Don't be distracted to your need of Christ as Savior. God's faithfulness to undistracted believers who wait upon him. When we look at how great he is and how great his faithfulness is, why would we want to be distracted? Why would we want to be distracted? You could imagine... If a man was about to propose to the woman he said he loved and he gets out the ring and he gets down on bended knee, her face starts to change as she realizes he's not tying his shoelace. Something's going to happen. Something maybe she's excited for and waiting for. He brings out a box and he begins to open it. And then he suddenly realizes The Canucks are playing. It's the, la- it's the last period. Two minutes left. What's the score? Ring goes in pocket. Phone comes out. He checks the score. How is his girlfriend going to react? What's happening here? I'm obviously not the most important person in, in his life. He's about to propose. And we know how special that can be. We know how special that can be. And he's completely distracted. What is going on here? But yet, how, can we, how often are we like that when it comes to the Savior, when it comes to the Lord? How good He is to us and how faithful He is to us. And what a relationship we have with Him because He sent His Son to die for us. But yet, we can often be so easily distracted. So easily distracted. Let us pray for grace that the Lord would keep our eyes upon Him. That we would not be distracted by the things of this world from him and from his love for us and for his goodness for us and from his plan for us and from the great grace and faithfulness and mercies that we need from him don't be distracted dear believer this morning let us be thankful for him and let us focus afresh we would put him first within our lives let us pray our eternal God and our father in heaven We thank thee for thy word today. We pray that thou would bless it to our hearts. We pray, Father, that we would rejoice in thy faithfulness. Oh, how deep this text is and how much we could say. 
For we pray that we would be touched today by how good thou art to us. Father, make us thankful. And when we think of thy faithfulness to us, may we not be distracted. May we not be easily distracted from thy house, from thy word, from prayer. Father, work within our hearts, we pray. And if we are not putting thee first, and if we are distracted, even by things that have their time, their place, things that are not sinful, yes, they can distract us. But we pray that thou would enable us to put thee first, that everything in our lives would, as it were, work or flow toward thee. And we would rejoice in thy goodness, thy faithfulness to us. Father, we pray that would bless us, bless the service at the Kerr home this afternoon. Bless thy word as it goes forth. And may there be that great blessing and salvation through the power of thy truth. Father, part us with thy blessing. Take us to our homes in safety. And may the love of God, our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship and communion of God the Holy Spirit rest, remain, and abide with us both now and forevermore. Amen.